Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well, and that is that is very true. Trevor, you've seen my uh, my office. I, uh, I got a lot of Guardians merch up in there. Um, and the reason you're saying this is we actually launched a new series on a different Small Ballers podcast, the 5 Seconds of Fame podcast. We have a new series called The Cinemaniacs, uh, which is with myself and uh, Mr. Aaron Weaver. Uh, we just released our first episode. Trevor, I know you're not you're not a Marvel fan, but you did listen to a little bit of it. T- you know, tell tell the people what you thought. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. I mean, I mean, the sound quality, obviously, just in general in this room, which yep. <laughs> you know, I hope hope you guys listen to this podcast. You know, you you like the sound quality. Uh, I've worked we, very hard. On Brandon, it. Yeah. <laughs> it worked very hard to get it set up the way it is. So you know, we might add a couple things around the edges as well. Um, you know, hoping eventually maybe we can get a video. I know I have a couple people that may be listening to this right now that really like video podcasts. So that's a goal um, that we're going to work video's toward. The going to come. Yeah, that's yeah. a goal we're going to work toward. But yes, if you are a Guardians of the Galaxy fan and you have watched the recent, what is it, Volume 3? Volume 3, it's the, volume third, three. It's the, trilogy, the third movie in the trilogy. So if you've watched it, highly recommend go listen to that podcast. Uh, it's the 5 Seconds of Fame podcast. If you haven't, then maybe just wait, go watch it because they do have spoilers uh, that they'll talk about. But yeah, I, I thought you guys were awesome. You know? Yeah, it's it's really fun. We have a lot of really neat ideas planned for that one. Um, and the next movie we're doing is the new uh, Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is another one I think you, you probably haven't watched, but that one's great. That I mean, one's animated. I'm actually, I'm legitimately interested to watch like some of the Spider-Man movies yeah. that I haven't seen because there's at least three or four that I so haven't that one, seen yet. So that I one's think. animated. It's not, okay. it's like, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different, It's yeah. the like, my, have you heard of like Miles Morales? His yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like the standard Spider-Man that you are accustomed to, okay. which are like, those are all good movies. Um, I need to see the general. Tom Holland ones. I still haven't seen those. Yeah, the Tom Holland ones are good. Day, Some yeah. of the stuff you're going to be confused, like especially the third one, the most recent Tom Holland one, you're going to be very confused. you got to watch a ton of movies to understand what's going on. Okay. But that's that conversation's for another day. The, the one we are talking about is the second movie in its little series, um, and it's animated, which the first one was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so we're very excited for that. But look, Go listen to that podcast if you guys have time and you like the Guardians movie. We're going to be doing tons of different movies uh, coming up on that podcast. Um, but look, Trevor, we're we're unfortunately here without the third member of our podcast. Uh, two weeks in a row, I think that's slacking. You know, like I think that, that gets a demoter uh, in my book. Uh, he's been – I actually didn't think this was possible. I'm, I'm promoting – I'm putting him down to the fourth member of this podcast. He was – I ranked him the third member of the podcast. I'm putting him down to the fourth. We had Noah on last week. Noah has made more appearances in the last two weeks uh, than Ben has, who is a permanent member on the podcast. Um, and that is – that simply just not good enough. I think I think Noah slides into that three spot. Um, so unfortunately, no Ben today. Um and uh, that's sad. I know you're sad about that, Trevor. I'm always sad. You know, I I, I miss Ben. He's He's got to be back. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be back next week. So, Ben, if you're listening, uh, we miss you. We hope you like this episode. We? What do you mean we? I, I miss yeah, you. That's I'll, I'll speak for myself. <laughs> um, and we also hope you visit us soon, of course. He'll, he'll be visiting soon, for sure. Um, but look, Trevor, this this part, I'm, I'm going to be blunt here. We got NBA. That's 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 kind of that's what we got to talk about today. But luckily, we got the NBA expert with us, which is you. Um, so we're gonna go through the series. Uh, we'll start with the East. And truthfully, I mean these series, like, I mean they're both three hours, so like they're they've gone yes. quick. They've moved across quick. Um, but one of them, Trevor, is your favorite team, and we're gonna start with them first. Heat versus Celtics, three zero. 
Um, you know, last night we saw a 26 point win uh, for the Heat at home. Really big win. It almost, in, in your words, it almost seems like the Celtics are like just giving up. Yeah, it's um, so. First of all, I'm obviously very excited about everything that's all of the events that have happened in the last three games of this series. Obviously, unexpected to myself and I think everyone, you know, no one, most people are picking the Celtics. They were the favorites. Even after game two, I saw like, I don't know, it was some sort of graphic. Maybe it was ESPN, maybe it was Bleacher Report. I don't know. They were still saying that there was some sort of, I don't know if it's the, uh, basketball power index or one of those weird like analytical things they use that still said the Celtics were favored to win the series. And at that point, you know, I'm, I try to be a humble fan. I'm usually a, if anything, I'm a pessimistic fan sort of on purpose, a little reverse. Yeah, jinx, we're done. Like we're done doing that. Um, we're not doing that on the podcast done, anymore. Done doing that. But even I was like, after the heat were up two Oh, I was like, yeah, I think the heat are winning this now because when you go and you win, when you're the, you know, the the team that's the lower seed team, you don't have the home court advantage and you go and win two two games on the road, game one and two. I mean, I don't know the statistics on it, but I would guess that, that team really has never lost after they go on the road and win the first two games. I know that uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I saw the stat that teams that go up 2-0 in the playoffs are like 56 and six or something like that for the series. Um, I think two of those teams that have one down 2-0 are LeBron-led, or one down 0-2 are LeBron-led teams with uh, the Cavs back in the day. Not surprising. But it, it rarely happens. It's it's very unlikely. So I could even sit here and you know not have to worry too much and be like, the Heat are probably winning this. And then game three, we saw obviously last night what happened. Um, but, but with these games, I mean, if you're the Celtics, basically in game one, because the Heat won that game 123 to 116. Um, obviously, it was a phenomenal Jimmy Butler game down the stretch. But the Celtics had the lead. Um, early mid third quarter, they had at one point a 10 point lead. It was 71 61 early uh, second half. They went on a little bit of a run. And it, it felt like maybe it was starting to get away from Miami, but then they, they responded. And we saw Max Strews hit a three, Kevin Love hit a three, and suddenly, a couple minutes later, they tie the game. Um, and then obviously, again, late game execution, we saw in both game one and game two, when the Celtics did make it relatively close at the end in game one. I mean, they cut it within five points a couple times, but the late game execution of Miami was just really good across the board. Um, and... The, the main difference I'll say throughout the series, because yes, obviously game three was a blowout and the heat were at home and you know, the role players obviously stood out, but that's, that's the thing, right? Like last year in the playoffs, as good as the heat were, I mean, they were very close to making the finals last year. It was largely Jimmy Butler carrying them to where they got. And the role players in large part weren't very good in the playoffs last year. Jimmy Butler was incredible. Bam on the bio certainly had some good games. Um, and, you know, occasionally they would get a good game for maybe a Max Struess or whatever. But the role players were not all that great in the playoffs last year. This year, it has been a lot different. I mean, Jimmy Butler is getting a lot of help from guys like uh, Gabe Vincent in this most recent game. Caleb Martin, he's been an absolute revelation for Miami. He's been incredible. And I think Bam, I think this is the best Bam has ever looked um, in general, not just on defense, which on defense, he's always good. It's really just how is Bam going to evolve on the offensive end? And I think he has uh, this season in particular in the playoffs. I think we've seen it. Uh, the jumpers, he's a little bit more inconsistent. A little more consistent. 
hitting the mid-range jumper, and he's just more aggressive. You know, there's quite a few highlight dunks last night, and, you know, just across the board. Even a guy like Duncan Robinson has, you know, come back, and after having been been in the big slump that he was in last season, um, he's, you know, he's had some pretty good games. So overall, it's been awesome because the this is a Heat team who, in the regular season, we've talked about it. They were, I think, the third worst three-point shooting team by percentage, and now they're they've been awesome. So it's pretty wild, um, but that's that's what's happening, and we'll see if it continues. It's going to need to continue because if they go up against Denver, uh, that's going to be a huge challenge. But uh, Brandon, what are some of your thoughts on this series so far? So I got a couple things. First, I want to give a shout out to Kevin Love. He had five minutes in this game. He did start though. He started for five minutes. However, he's one of the only players in the most recent game who had a minus and a plus minus. Uh, so good good five minutes out of Kevin Love. Um, second thing, which you already mentioned, but I, I, I really think we need to highlight it, is the shooting from the Miami Heat. They shot 56.8% from the field, which is like, that's good, but it's not like crazy in terms of like field goal percentage. But what's really crazy is their three-point percentage. They shot 54.3% yeah. from the three-point line. You look at their bench, nine three or ten threes from their bench ten threes from bench players um that's insane that's crazy um so absolutely huge improvement uh from Spolstra and the heat from the regular season like you said being one of the the worst three-point shooting teams in the league to shooting over 50 percent from three uh in a game three of a conference finals that is absolutely insane the last thing i wanted to mention which again you also mentioned but the role players on the heat playing really really big roles we see duncan robinson going for his classic 20 plus point game every 15 games um you see caleb martin seven for 11 and four from seven from three 18 points 35 minutes these guys are playing big minutes and big games um and they're helping you know this wasn't a big jimmy butler game he, he went five for 13 from the field 16 points so this wasn't you know, a, a crazy Jimmy game where Jimmy's dropping 50 and carrying the team. But this shows the, I think, the the depth that the Heat have and potentially some ability they can compete. Like you're saying it's a challenge. It definitely will be a challenge. I don't think they'll be favored against the Nuggets, but it's going to be a good series if they end up playing the Nuggets. You never know with LeBron James. Uh, I, <laughs> I did, we'll get to it. I did guess the Lakers would win in four. I was only a little bit off in that. I just meant that the Lakers would eventually win four games. Um, so it's, they're going to be the first, you know, one to, well, yeah, there's been no teams that have done come back from 03, but we're not on that series yet. Uh, to talk about the Celtics real quick, Trevor, um, I know Jalen Brown's been almost non-existent in this, in this series. Correct. This has been yeah, a, it's been rough. an abysmal effort from him. Um, and Jason Tatum this past game, six for 18. Uh, that is not acceptable. One for seven from three. We, we simply can't allow that as, as Jason Tatum. I understand you probably had Jimmy Butler on you, what, 80%, 90% of the game. Um, but you gotta be able to put up more than 14, uh, game three of, uh, the conference finals. You just simply cannot allow that. Um, so, uh, Trevor, I'm happy for you. seems like Miami's going to go on. I don't remember. Did I pick Miami? I don't think I did. No, you haven't picked Miami once and neither have I. So <laughs> we're not, I'm picking them next um, series. I'm picking no, them next series. The, I'm only, kidding. I won't. <laughs> you're, you don't think, you here's don't the think thing. It's kind of set up for the, the heat for me not to pick them. Cause if it was going against the Lakers, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to say the Lakers in four. Yeah. And then the nuggets, I, I think are just, just like the Celtics, just like on paper, just the better team. Like, I think you'd agree yeah. they're on paper, the better team. Yeah, they are. So like it, no matter who they play, I'm, I'm going to end up picking against the heat. Uh, but the Heat are just this this underdog mentality. And the thing is, is they really do embody it. Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler is like kind of the the classic. Like, I feel like he he really embodies an underdog. He's never been like, 
the best player in the league. He's always been like a, a great, you know, number two guy. Um, and now you see him excelling in the number one role. And they're about to make their second finals in what, three years? Um, yeah. And this is a very, very impressive performance by Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, the role players of the Heat, uh, frankly, the whole organization. So we'll see, Trevor. We'll see. It's it's definitely getting interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be second second four years. Yeah, it's 2020. So. Four years. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just crazy. I mean, the main reasons the Heat are winning, though, number one, coaching. They have Eric Spolstra, who we, we talked about on the last podcast with Noah. Um, Noah agreed that, and I, I was already kind of thinking, and I just didn't want to be like the Heat fan who's like, Oh, Eric Spolster is the best coach. I'm a Heat fan saying this. But I think a lot of people agree with that now. After I don't think it's seen. that wild at all. Yeah. I mean, you look at like what Spolster's done. And both of these runs are not like – they don't have like this top-tier talent on their team. Don't get me wrong. No, Bam, and, Bam and but, uh, Jimmy Butler are great. Like they're very good players. Outside of them. Neither one of them – would you say either one's a top 10 or 15 player? Well, Jimmy is. Maybe Jimmy crosses Jimmy, that line. Jimmy definitely But is. it's close. Like it's not like he's – I mean, they're going against yeah. Jason Tate. Like every single series, they're going against a player that that almost undoubtedly is is probably better than than Jimmy. Yeah, and outside of those guys, right? Especially like when you think about like Tyler Hero's hurt, he hasn't been playing yeah. like the the majority of the playoffs. Huge role player for the so Heat. they've been without him. I mean, he was like a twenty two point score in the regular yeah. season, and you go down the line of like before the series. If you're talking about, okay, who are the best players? I mean, the top four are going to be, in some order, Jimmy, Tatum, Bam, and Jalen Brown. But then after that, the next three or four guys are probably Celtics. Like, you're probably going Marcus Smart, Derek White, and then, um, you know, maybe you're considering, um, like, an Al Horford or Robert, or probably a Malcolm Brogdon, honestly, is probably yeah. who the next guy would be. So, yeah, you're getting, I would say, of the top seven guys, five of them probably would have been Celtics players coming in a series as far as like who's the best yeah I again uh, I I think this just goes back to what you were saying about coaching and how like I know like it's kind of the meme that like coaching doesn't matter in the NBA but we have seen especially this year um a lot of underdog teams coming and winning these series I mean the first round we had every single seed win a game mm -hmm. um yeah. again like this heat team they they won 44 games this is not like an all-time great uh, statistically team at all no. this is a team that has flaws they were not a good three-point shooting team um and they're they're kind of i mean they're kind of crushing everyone a little bit um yeah. and and just absolutely killing it so great job to the heat i'm i'm more than impressed driver yeah and then on the on the celtic side because because coaching you can go and you can praise the coaching of eric spolstra making all the adjustments um obviously the, the toughness that they have and the effort that it's just you know it's back to the heat culture thing that people would you know got annoyed by i think uh heat fans saying heat culture but with the celtics it's the coaching flaws it's the i mean joe mazzoli comes in this is his first head coaching job he's a young guy i mean he played again they played against jimmy but he played against jimmy butler in college when he was at west virginia and jimmy butler was at marquette they faced off multiple times. I think they might them. They're either the same age or maybe Mazzola is like one year older. Um, I think he's either thirty four or thirty five. Jim Butler's thirty three. So they faced off multiple times in college. He's a young guy. He's been an assistant now with the Celtics. I think maybe it was his second year as an assistant. Um, but the Celtics. I mean, obviously, we we know we've already talked about the whole Emi Udoka thing. But even Will Hardy, who was their top assistant, you know, goes Left. to Utah because yeah. Brad Stevens is is in Utah and he obviously knows him a little bit. And Will Hardy was a phenomenal assistant and we saw what he did with Utah. 
I mean, Will Hardy, in theory, he would have he would have been the head coach yes, of the 100%. Celtics. It would have been him, um, but he obviously was out. So, you know, that's two guys, Udoka, who I think the players loved Udoka last year. I think they loved having him as coach. Obviously, you know, he got them into a position where they had a lot of continuity. The chemistry seemed really good for them. Um, and they were a really tough, defensive-minded team, and this season, the defense has kind of slipped. We we saw it a little bit in the regular season. And Celtics, you know, they have so much talent, so they were still a really good regular season team. They did finish with the second-best record in the NBA. But I think in the back of people's minds, I think they were still thinking about it as, like, this is a flaw, um, although it's relatively minor. It's still a flaw that the Celtics have. They're not the same defensive team. That toughness isn't really there. And in part, in addition to the coaching thing, you can look to Jalen Brown's, I think, regression in defense in particular and him just not playing as well in this series. But also Marcus Smart. I mean, I think Marcus Smart had the best season of his career last year when he won Defensive Player of the Year. And this season, um, you know, from the little that I've seen, but also just kind of uh, listening to what Celtics fans have to say, I mean, they are not happy with Marcus Smart's defense this entire year and how it really, he hasn't been the same player this season. So I think that's been a big thing with the Celtics. And obviously no one expected this, but it was always something in the back of people's minds of like, this could be the Celtics flaw. Like they haven't been as good defensively and the continuity is not really there. So that's, you know, yeah, it's played out like that. So here's here's my final question because I want to talk about this with the Celtics. We've seen a lot of coaches with high up teams, you know, the the Bucks coach, uh, the Suns coach, teams that have done like well during the year and had like a lot of promise, mm-hmm. get rid of their head coaches. I'm not saying that this is going to happen for the Celtics, but do you consider this year for the Celtics like kind of a loss because of how this series has turned out and how their season ended? Um. So well, yeah. Assuming I, I don't want to say it ended yet. Oh no, I get what you mean though. They're down three. <laughs> All right, let's it's say never hypothetically happened. they they get um, the series whether it ends in four or five games doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. say it ends and they their season comes the to an end. Trajectory it's on. Yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. they if they lose. Look at this. Look at look at what we're doing on this podcast. This reverse <laughs> juju garbage. If they do lose to the Heat, the, the, the Heat the aren't series. losing the series. Uh-huh. The Heat are winning. Yeah, I mean, I think with the Celtics for a while, they were ahead of schedule. They were ahead of schedule because in 2018, they made the Eastern Conference Finals despite the fact that Kyrie Irving was injured. Jason Tatum was a rookie, and he was going toe-to-toe with LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost that series, obviously, but Jason Tatum at the time, 2018, he was 20 years old, and Jalen Brown, I think, was 21, and they were, you know, they came close, and then two years later... They make the Eastern Conference Finals. It still feels ahead of schedule. And then last year, they make the finals. Jason Tatum was 24. Brown, I think, was 25. And now, I think we're finally to the point where it's like, okay, now the Celtics, you there's expectations of you. There's expectations of Jason Tatum after last season, the way it ended because of how talented the team is. And now they have all of this playoff experience. Now you're expected to compete for a championship every year. And at some point you're expected to win one. You got to get one. Um, And I think that's certainly what Celtics fans are expecting. And I think their patience is probably starting to wane. So as far as, is this a loss for the Celtics? I mean, like, yeah, overall big picture. It is because you never know when your window is going to close. And it seems Um, like it might with Jalen Brown might be on the exit. 
and there's a chance that it might, right? With with Jalen Brown, we I mean we don't know, yeah we don't know what's gonna happen in the off season, but there's a chance. I mean we've heard rumblings. I mean I read a story I think a couple months ago uh, or an article by the Ringer. I think it was Logan Murdoch that wrote the, the piece about Jalen Brown, and obviously he was in trade rumors. He's been in trade rumors for years now. I feel like he's um, never not been in trade rumors. Yeah, he's always been in trade rumors. So that's a thing that. I can't be happy about it. Certainly, um, you know, he probably he might not feel uh, valued enough by the organization. But then again, he did make second team All NBA. He's eligible for the Supermax. So, I mean, the Celtics might just give it to him. And then in that case, maybe he's he's okay with it. But they still have to figure out some of this continu- continuity stuff. And I mean, they they probably gotta find a better coach. You know, I mean, I, I Joe Mazzola could be a good head coach eventually just not right now i don't think he's ready for that at the moment because i the reason i asked this question because i don't think this season's a loss for the celtics um you know that they, they had an uphill battle regardless they weren't the one seed. they would have had to go through the bucks at a point in time if they hadn't gotten beaten that would have been a tough series for them um and like you said they're they're, they're a young team their stars are are young um so i i think i don't personally think this is a loss and a lot of these like Head coaching changes to me seem very knee jerk. Like we got to get something done. The only one that like makes some a, a lot of amount of sense to me is the Suns because the new owner he's like I want to you know you talked about it you're like I want to he wants to make a big splash and stuff. And not that I think their coach is bad at all. It's just I think like I don't know I don't know how good Missoula really is. I I'm, I'm not gonna be able to comment on that. My point is I wouldn't say this season's like an all out loss. I mean, this is a very hot heat team they're playing. Obviously the Celtics are not playing nearly as good and they look very defeated. But nevertheless, reaching a conference finals is that's tough. That's you're one of the top four teams in the league. I would argue they're if I mean they're probably better than the Lakers. So like I mean they're they're at least the third best team, in my opinion, if you just go off of where teams finish this year. So yeah. like that doesn't seem like that's much that much of a loss to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of why I asked the question because I was like, I this doesn't feel like a loss. Yeah, and I I think um, yeah, I mean like whether it's a loss or not, I mean I don't know like, you know that's that's kind of like the thing of like a like a first take segment of like was was this a failure like it's yeah you dramatized like the dramatizing stuff so like I don't know I mean you always when you have a team that has this much talent you always want to win the title and I think part of the mindset. Like this would be if I was gifted enough as an athlete to be in the NBA and I was like, I felt like our team was really good. We had the second best record in the NBA and we didn't win the championship. I think regardless of how it would happen, not winning the championship in my mind would probably feel like a failure. Um, But then again, you can still compartmentalize that and say, well, at the same time, we did accomplish all this stuff. And, you know, there's always next year. We're still young. So I see both sides of it. I think in addition with like the Missoula stuff, part of, I mean, some of the things he's done that I think we can definitely say haven't been great. Number one, the the timeout thing, um, which has been an ongoing thing throughout the season, but in particular, it's important in the playoffs, you know, like to stop the bleeding when a team goes on a run and you don't call a timeout at some point, I think some of these, some of this stuff is common sense. I think some of the timeouts that he should call that doesn't, in addition, I mean, the Celtics didn't really start doubling Jimmy Butler until game three. They didn't really trap him a lot, didn't double him. And we saw that, um, well, I mean, it didn't play out, obviously, because the Heat destroyed them. But in game one and game two, if they would have done it right away, 
there's a chance that it could have flipped one of those games. I mean, those games were both close. They were single digits. And Joe Mazzola decided not to do that. And it's I, I don't understand that. Um, I'm I'm glad he didn't because Jimmy Butler was awesome in particular in game one because of that, and they won the game. But it just wasn't smart. So, you know, I, I think Joe Mazzola hasn't really done the greatest job. A team with this much talent, um, you know, I think again, I, I said it last episode. I think the Celtics are the most talented roster in the NBA period. Um, I've thought that pretty much all season. So, you know, I think their expectations should be high, but that's kind of the case of this series. I mean, we already talked about uh, the chemistry thing. We talked about the coaching. Um, I think another people, another thing that people are going to be talking about because of what the heat have been done, have been doing in the playoffs is the regular season, right? The importance of it. Um, and I think for me, like, I get that people are going to be talking about that for me. I think this is just such an outlier. I don't, I don't think this is now going to happen every season. Um, what the heat have done. I, I think if you go back to the buck series, like, I don't know, Giannis misses two and a half games. If he's healthy every, every game, would the bucks have won? I don't know. For me, it's kind of up in the air. Like I, I can listen to an argument of either side, to be honest with you. I think it's kind of a toss up on if they would have won the series or not if Giannis was healthy. So I, I could see people who say, well, the Bucks would have won if Giannis was healthy. I could see the other side of it. But uh, just I mean, in ultimately, general. Ultimately, it doesn't. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. The argument's ultimately, stupid. Ultimately, it's, you know, it is what it is. You know, injuries happen, and it's, you know, it happens to different teams in different years. Um, you know, and when the Bucks did win it, uh, in part, they were, you know, fortunate that other teams had injuries, um, you know, so it, it happens. That's kind of how sports work. You know, every sport, you right. know, we could talk about in the NFL too. It happens. So that's the case. But the regular season thing, I just think that this is a little bit of an outlier. I mean, this is the first time in eight seeds. Well, I shouldn't say that yet. <laughs> um, an eight seed, the last Why time do we in, do this, the last time They're an eight seed has, has made the finals, I believe was 1999 when the Knicks did it. So um, it's been a while since that that has happened. Did did the Knicks, did the Knicks end up winning that? No, they lost to uh, the Spurs. That was the first Duncan Spurs championship. Because mm. I, I really think if the Heat make it, if that's what you want me to say, if the Heat make it, I really think they have like a real shot at winning. I, I think there's a very realistic shot, but... We'll probably talk about that on next week's podcast. If that, if the Heat win, uh, yeah. Um, but let's get to our next series. Let's go over to the West. We have the Nuggets, Lakers. Um, and I, I just quickly, I, I want to clarify. There's been a lot of swirling rumors around this, and a lot of people have messaged me. Someone talked about how I said like something about the Lakers and four. Um, I don't think I said that. I'm pretty sure I said the Lakers would win four. So my okay. my prediction still is alive. Uh, Lakers in seven is still the call. I got gotcha. you. Uh, that I originally said, but uh, goofiness aside, Lakers are getting destroyed. Uh, 3-0, uh, the Nuggets are up. A uh, lot of big performances coming from Jokic. I mean, he had 12 rebounds in the first half in the first game. Uh, we've seen Jamal Murray, who you said before, he's averaging 35 points. Is that correct? Yes. In this series. Uh, this most recent game, we have Murray, uh, who had 37 points. He, he shot the ball 30 times, or 29, but I'm rounding up, 30 times, uh, 11 threes. That's, a, that's crazy. Um, Trevor, what are your thoughts on this series so far? Has it kind of played out what you thought, or do you think the Lakers would have been able to do a little bit better? I mean, I thought the Lakers would have been able to do a little bit better. I mean, they had a chance, and I mean, technically all three of these games, they had, they had a chance to win. They were 
relatively in the ball game for all three of them in the you know mid late fourth quarter, especially game one and game two. Um, you know, they they were on the road playing Denver in game one, and obviously. Denver has that awesome first half. We were watching it last mm-hmm. week when Jokic was just dominating and the Nuggets were just clicking. I mean, they had they had kind of everything working. Jamal Murray had 31 that game. Jokic had 34, 21, 14. That stat line just, I don't know, wild. And Michael Porter Jr. even. And I think um, that's, that's one of the things just that I was noticing early in the series. Like Denver, with the lineups that these teams are putting out there, Denver has a size advantage. I mean, when you have to... When you have a six foot ten Michael Porter Jr. and you're putting Austin Reeves on him, that's not really a great matchup for the Lakers. I think uh, Denver has the advantage there, but a lot of things like that were happening, and the Lakers did make a run. Obviously, we saw it in the second half. Uh, you know, Davis had a pretty awesome game, forty and ten, and then obviously LeBron had a pretty pretty solid game overall, despite the struggles from three point land. And then Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves came alive in the second half. Um, he's pretty clearly been the Lakers' third best player. Um, some might argue the second best player. No, I'm just kidding. Um, then no one's saying that. Definitely the third best player for the Lakers, at least. Um, I don't think he... He definitely isn't the second because he's not better than Anthony Davis. Well, yeah, I, that wasn't who I was talking about. Well, that's who no, I was talking kidding. about. <laughs> no, um, but he's certainly been really good, um, you know, for the most part. But the Lakers overall in the, you know, the first three games here just a late game execution the Denver Nuggets have been better at. And then the biggest reason is because Jamal Murray is just, he's returned to the Jamal Murray we saw two, three years ago, like the Jamal Murray from the bubble where he's just like making everything, making big shot after big shot. Um, And Jamal Murray's back. And if that's the case, I mean, the Jamal Murray Jokic pick and roll is, is kind of unstoppable. I think, especially when, Jamal Murray is just making shots like this. So it, it's incredible to watch. All three of these games have been pretty good. I mean, it's not like, again, the Lakers have been in all three of them. Just the late game execution is there. And sometimes it just comes down to uh, the stars, you know, at the end of the game. And Jokic and Murray have been better than Davis and LeBron overall in this series. It's just kind of how it's been. And then when you get into the role players, I mean, Denver, I think I think it kind of goes under the radar like uh, KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope. I mean, he was on he was part of the Lakers championship team in 2020. Um, he's just a really solid player to have on the wing. Um, really good defender. And, you know, from time to time, he can have some really good shooting performances. So having him having a guy like Bruce Brown, who's just another like really good glue guy to have um, great defender as well. And then having a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who on a given night can score 30 points because of how good of his, how good, uh, well, just his talent in general as far as his offensive game. So the Nuggets have a really good team. I think it's gone under the radar, but they've consistently been a really solid team. Um, and, you know, they're just, they're, they're just a better team compared to the Lakers. So that's kind of what has happened. Um, I mean, I could go into the reasons the Lakers have really struggled. Um, like D'Angelo Russell, who's a minus 53 for the series. Um, that's almost un- like an that. unbelievable number. It's an unbelievable number. I think in one of the games, he was like a minus 24. And so he's been really bad. So 
Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets are the better team. It's unfortunate that we don't have a closer series. I didn't care who won the series. Obviously, Brandon did. I didn't care. No, I don't, I don't really care who wins. He doesn't care that much. We see I just, I just, I well. just know who's going to win. Yeah, okay, okay. You know who's going to win. <laughs> but yeah, I, but I obviously wanted to see a close series, you know? And uh, the Lakers needed to steal yeah. either game one or game two, and they didn't. So it's, yeah, it's kind of tough. I mean, ultimately, like, when you look at the the last couple series the Lakers have had in the playoffs, a lot of these, like, role players stepped up. We saw the one game last series where Lonnie Walker went insane, and they literally won the game uh, because of Lonnie Walker's outburst um, and just his, you know, the pure talent he had in that game. I think the Lakers elevated themselves those other series, and we're kind of getting more normal Lakers now. Like, they haven't, like you said, they've been in these games. They're just not as good as the Nuggets, ultimately. Um, and, like, I've been seeing stuff on Twitter, like, like people like it's the same first take garbage where it's like LeBron shouldn't be at fault for the series or he should be at fault for a series. Ultimately, the Lakers just aren't as good as the Nuggets. Like I just think it kind of boils down to like one team is just better. Um, and uh, this was going to be a tough series no matter what for the Lakers. They were heavily not favored. Uh, and this these whole playoffs seem like a big win for the the franchise as a whole. Not necessarily LeBron. I think I think <laughs> anytime LeBron loses, especially at this age, it's like uh we're we're reaching the end. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of the franchise, I mean, they weren't projected to to be in the conference finals at all. No. Um, and they they beat you know a Warriors team that they had no business really beating. Um, and and they they've had a pretty successful playoffs. I think you know we get get down to the brass tacks here, and the the, the role players aren't really aren't really helping. It's Anthony Davis and maybe LeBron a little bit, but really it's Anthony Davis against the world. If if we're being honest here. And Reeves, I mean Reeves, Reeves has been Reeves solid. Has been, Reeves has been but solid. But the other guys, I mean, yeah. Schroeder, Vanderbilt, Russell. Yeah, Here's Vanderbilt, the, they're barely even playing. They're at barely. This point. Which I I don't understand. I mean, like, I I guess it's just because you you think you want offense to match Denver, but at the same time, I just I don't know. I really I've always valued Vanderbilt. I don't so understand I don't why totally they don't agree with it, like they put him on MPJ or something like like you, you yeah, talked about this before the podcast. Exactly you know we have Austin yeah. Reeves guarding Michael Porter Jr. Why not play Vanderbilt more? Well, I mean Russell's um, Russell's the guy that you reduce the minutes of. Not I mean you could still play Reeves, just put him on someone else because he's obviously still producing on offense. But then yeah, I mean you could put Vanderbilt on you could put Vanderbilt on Jamal Murray for you know large stretches. Um, I mean he could do a pretty solid job I think in at least slowing down. Murray, especially when he's, you know, just going off in the fourth quarters like he has been. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't fully agree with some of the decisions that Darvin Ham's made. But, yeah, I mean, the, overall, even if the Lakers because the Lakers should have at least won one of these three games. I mean, that's that's for sure. But Denver is the better team. And that's kind of what this comes down to. The Lakers did play really well um, in the playoffs, given what the team was for a while this season. Yeah. And then you you might you, you might not agree or you may you might not want to admit it, but LeBron's not the same player anymore. He's 38 years old. So if we saw 2018 LeBron this team, I think he could have carried them to a win in one or two of these games, but is not quite the same player and you know, uh, father time's undefeated. Yep, just not with LeBron. I don't. I don't <laughs> even know what you just said. I blacked out. But here's the thing, Trevor. You know, we're talking about Devin Ham or Darvin Ham. We're talking about the franchise. Where do the Lakers go from here? You know, I I know I'm, I'm obviously being a little bit goofy. We do have a 38 year old LeBron James uh, with a lack of role players around them, and Anthony Davis, who still is you know great. He's been amazing. Where, what what's next for the Lakers? What do you think can happen next season for them? It's not like they have a ton of cap room. Yeah, it's tough because I think Austin Reeves is going to get a contract from another team, a, a good one. And I don't 
think the Lakers are going to match it. It's a little bit, and their games are nothing alike. And people people might say that oh, it's the same thing. Austin Reeves and Alex Caruso, their games are nothing alike, but it is similar in the sense that they they both broke out um, in the with the Lakers. Austin Reeves kind of had a breakout year. Obviously, uh, Alex Caruso is more of a defensive uh, type of player. Austin Reeves is not nearly the player on defense that Alex Caruso is not even close, but I think he's probably a little bit better offensively um, and as a shooter in general. So I think Austin Reeves is going to be on a different team next year. And if that's the case, he's been the third best player on the Lakers this year. That, I mean, that's a hit that they're taking. Hit. And LeBron is another year older. He's going to be 39. So that's another thing. I mean, yeah, Davis has looked really good and he's been able to stay healthy, which is a great sign. The fact that, Anthony Davis has been able to be healthy this entire postseason. That's the number one reason they've made it to the conference finals, obviously. Um, but, you know, some of these other guys, I just, I, I still like Vanderbilt overall. I think he's a solid role player, but D'Angelo Russell, I've never been a huge fan of. He, you know, he was pretty good in that Warrior series, I thought, but I don't know. I mean, Rui Hachimura, he's had some good games, but it's, I don't think they're going to improve um, upon this team because, if you're losing Reeves and you got to find someone to replace him, that's going to be a really solid, you know, third guy on the team. And even then, you're competing against a team like a, a Denver, a, a Milwaukee, a Boston, you know, and whoever else you want to add, Miami. Um, I mean, in the West, we still have Phoenix. Maybe with a full season, they'll be better next year, more equipped to make a run at it. So it's going to be tough. I, I, I find it hard to believe that the Lakers are going to be able to improve this offseason based you know, upon what they've been in this playoff run. It, it seems like this is probably the Lakers peak uh, that we're seeing here. I, I, it's going to be tough for them to get better moving forward. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, potentially a Nuggets heat series. Uh, I don't know if anyone wanted this. Maybe you, you might be the only person that wanted this or something like a, 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 a format of the heat versus someone. I think I think true diehard NBA fans are going to be very happy to see the Denver Miami series. I think there's a lot of other people that would have wanted Lakers Celtics. Obviously, there's the the rivalry. There's a little bit more storylines to it. Denver doesn't really have much history um, as a team. General Miami does, but I still think that you know most people wanted uh, Lakers Celtics. So anyone who still thinks that sports are rigged, the NBA is rigged. No shot. No shot. Sports, it's rigged. Sports with, are not rigged. If if it's a Denver Miami series, no shot. It's rigged. No, I don't. I don't think that'll be the most popular one. But nevertheless, it should be a fun series. We'll get to see some great talent in the finals. Um, one last NBA headline just to touch on before we you know get out of here. Uh, Carmelo Anthony today, as we're recording this today, uh, retired uh, officially. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I thought he was retired already. Um, but he produced a really awesome video. Um, so, you know, it's nice to see, uh, an all time great, someone that we grew up watching, uh, you know, call it quits. Uh, anything you want to talk about Carmelo Anthony? I just want we, we had to mention it. It's, it's, it's Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. I mean, it just, just shout out to Carmelo Anthony. You know, I, I'm, it's good to see everyone like giving their flowers to Carmelo Anthony. Obviously he was, you know, fantastic player, hall of famer, easy, um, you know, for so many years, especially when he was with Denver, um, came very close to getting that team, to the finals, uh, they lost, they fell short to Kobe and the Lakers in 09, but, you know, he's been a great player, great scorer for so many years, and it goes beyond the NBA. I mean, he won a title at Syracuse back in 2003 um, with Jim Beheim and that team. 
So just a fantastic basketball player. One of the, I mean, he was part of the NBA 75 list. No doubt he's a top 75 all-time player. So yeah, yeah, just, I mean, shout out to him. He was fun to watch for a long time. So fun to watch. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to mention before we, we kind of get out of here, recapping those series next podcast will definitely be the, uh, the preview for the finals, yes. uh, which will be a fun one. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, not really. I mean, I hope that, you know, why, well, why well, hope that the Lakers can extend the series. I, I don't care to see the Celtics extend the series. <laughs> I hope it's a sweep. Selfishly, you hope that um, they just get out of here. I hope it's a sweep. You know, there's, I gotta say, there's a lot of Boston fans um, you know, I love the Bill Simmons podcast. I do love it. Um, listening to Simmons and Rosillo and, you know, other Celtics fans. I'm sure they're but, nice and happy right now. But there's a lot of Celtics fans that, especially last year, took the heat very likely, some disrespect, joking about heat culture, acting like that they had no chance. This year is the same. I mean, some of the, some people, the same thing. To be but, honest, rightfully so. I mean, there's there's a well, big disparity in between the two teams. But, and, but, it, but it depends how far you go. I mean, if you're saying that there's a certain owner of a certain sports network who picked the Celtics in four and said that, that we won't mention he's a – Terrible but, guy. But, but here's um, the thing. like, And he I, also has no basketball knowledge. So It's just like me picking the Lakers in four. It's just yeah, goofy. Yeah. It's just being goofy. It's uh, it's not that. I don't think it's that serious. He's also just a goofball. So Yeah. If you know who we're talking about, you know who we're talking about. Um, But all right, I think we'll, we'll end it there then. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. As always, uh, recapping the conference finals. Uh, Go check out our website, thesmallballers.com. Link will be in the description. Um, right next to that will be our Twitter at the Small Baller. Go follow that so you can stay up to date when all of our podcasts go live. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday morning, seven thirty a.m. Um, with the Small Baller podcast, hopefully with Benny. Um, but we'll see. He might just skip out again. I, I gotta. Uh, he's gonna have to be just punished um, to, to get him back on here. Um, but uh, nevertheless, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.